get very still until you do know what to do. And when you do get still and let your internal motivation be the driver, not only will your personal life improve, but you will gain a competitive edge in the working world as well. Because as Daniel Pink writes in his bestseller, A Whole New Mind, he says we're entering a whole new age, and he calls it the conceptual age, where traits that set people apart today are going to come from our hearts, right brain, as well as our heads. It's no longer just the logical, linear, rules-based thinking that matters, he says. It's also empathy and joyfulness and purpose, inner traits that have transcendent worth. These qualities bloom when we're doing what we love. So when we're involving the wholeness of ourselves in our work, both our expertise and our emotion. So I say to you, forget about the fast lane. If you really want to fly, just harness your power to your passion. Honor your calling. Everybody has one. Trust your heart and success will come to you. So how do I define success? Let me tell you, money's pretty nice. I'm not going to stand up here and tell you that it's not about money because money is very nice. I like money. It's good for buying things. But having a lot of money does not automatically make you a successful person. What you want is money and meaning. You want your work to be meaningful because meaning is what brings the real richness to your life. What you really want is to be surrounded by people you trust and treasure and by people who cherish you. That's when you're really rich. So lesson one, follow your feelings. If it feels right, move forward. If it doesn't feel right, don't do it. Now I wanna talk a little bit about failings because nobody's journey is seamless or smooth. We all stumble, we all have setbacks. If things go wrong, you hit a dead end, as you will. It's just life's way of saying, time to change course. So ask every failure, this is what I do. Every failure, every crisis, every difficult time, I say, what is this here to teach me? And as soon as you get the lesson, you get to move on. If you really get the lesson, you pass and you don't have to repeat the class. If you don't get the lesson, it shows up wearing another pair of pants or skirt to give you some remedial work. And what I found is that difficulties come when you don't pay attention to life's whisper because life always whispers to you first, first. And if you ignore the whisper sooner or later, you'll get a scream. Whatever you resist persists, but if you ask the right question, not why is this happening, but what is this here to teach me? What is this here to teach me? It puts you in the place and space to get the lesson you need. My friend Eckhart Tolle, uh, who's written this wonderful book uh, called A New Earth, that's all about letting the awareness of who you are stimulate everything that you do. He puts it like this, he says, don't react against a bad situation, merge with that situation instead, and the solution will arise from the challenge. Because surrendering yourself doesn't mean giving up, it means acting with responsibility. Okay, many of you know that, as President Hennessy said, I started this school in Africa. And 
I founded the school where I'm trying to give South African girls a shot at a future like yours, Stanford. And I spent five years making sure that school would be as beautiful as the students. I wanted every girl to feel her worth reflected in her surroundings. So I checked every blueprint, I picked every pillow, I was looking at the grout in between the bricks, I knew every thread count of the sheets, I chose every girl from the villages, from nine provinces, and yet last fall I was faced with a crisis I'd never anticipated. I was told that one of the dorm matrons was suspected of sexual abuse. Well, that was, as you can imagine, devastating news. First I cried, actually I sobbed for about a half an hour, and then I said, let's get to it. That's all you get, is a half an hour. You need to focus on the now, what you need to do now. So I contacted a child trauma specialist, I put together a team of investigators, I made sure the girls had counseling and support, and Gail and I got on a plane and flew to South Africa. And the whole time I kept asking that question, what is this here to teach me? And as difficult as that experience has been, I got a lot of lessons. I understand now the mistakes I made because I had been paying attention to all of the wrong things. I built that school from the outside in when what really mattered was the inside out. So it's a lesson that applies to all of our lives as a whole. What matters most is what's inside. What matters most is the sense of integrity, of quality and beauty. I got that lesson. And what I know is, is that the girls came away with something too. They've emerged from this more resilient and knowing that their voices have power. And their resilience and spirit have given me more than I could ever give to them, which leads me to my final lesson, the one about finding happiness, which we could talk about all day, but I know you have other wacky things to do. Not a small topic this is, finding happiness. But in some ways, I think it's the simplest of all. Gwendolyn Brooks wrote a poem for her children. It's called Speech to the Young, Speech to the Progress Toward. And she says at the end, live not for battles won, live not for the end of the song, live in the along. She's saying, like Eckhart Tolle, that you have to live for the present, you have to be in the moment. Whatever has happened to you in your past has no power over this present moment because life is now. But I think she's also saying, be a part of something. Don't live for yourself alone. This, uh, this is what I know for sure. In order to be truly happy, you must live along with and you have to stand for something larger than yourself because life is a reciprocal exchange. To move forward, you have to give back. And to me, that is the greatest lesson of life. To be happy, you have to give something back. I know you know that because that's a lesson that's woven into the very fabric of this university. It's a lesson that Jane and Leland Stanford got and one they bequeathed to you. Because all of you know the story of how this great school came to be, how the Stanfords lost their only child to typhoid at the age of 15. 
They had every right and they had every reason to turn their backs against the world at that time. But instead, they, they channeled their grief and their pain into an act of grace. Within a year of their son's death, they'd made the founding grant for this great school, pledging to do for other people's children what they were not able to do for their own boy. The lesson here is clear, and that is if you're hurting, you need to help somebody else ease their hurt. If you're in pain, help somebody else's pain. And when you're in a mess, you get yourself out of the mess, helping somebody out of theirs. And in the process, you get to become a member of what I call the greatest fellowship of all, the sorority of compassion and the fraternity of service. The Stanfords had suffered the worst thing any, any mom and dad can ever endure, yet they understood that helping others is the way we help ourselves. And this wisdom is increasingly supported by scientific and sociological research. It's no longer just woo-woo soft skills talk. There's actually a helper's high a spiritual surge you gain from serving others. So if you want to feel good, you have to go out and do some good. But when you do good, I hope you strive for more than just the good feeling that service provides, because I know this for sure, that doing good actually makes you better. So whatever field you choose, if you operate from the paradigm of service, I know your life will have more value and you will be happy. I was always happy doing my talk show, but that happiness reached a depth of, of, um, of fulfillment, of, uh, of joy, that I really can't describe to you a measure when I stopped just being on TV and looking at TV as a job and decided to use t television, to use it and not have it use me, to use it as a platform to serve my viewers. That alone changed the trajectory of my success. So I know this, that whether you're an actor, you offer your talent in the way that most inspires art. If you're an anatomist, you look at your, your gift as knowledge and service to healing. Whether you've been called, as so many of you here today, getting doctorates and other degrees to the profession of business, law, engineering, humanities, science, medicine. If you choose to offer your skills and talent in service, when you choose the paradigm of service, looking at your life through that paradigm, it turns everything you do from a job into a gift. And I know you haven't spent all this time at Stanford just to go out and get a job. So, You've been enriched in countless ways. There's no better way to mark, make your mark on the world than to share that abundance with others. My constant prayer for myself is to be used in service for the greater good. So let me end with one of my favorite quotes from Martin Luther King. Dr. King said, not everybody can be famous. And I don't know if everybody, everybody today seems to want to be famous, but fame is a trip. People follow you to the bathroom, <laughs> listen to you pee, it's just try to pee quietly, it doesn't matter. They come out and say, oh my God, it's you, you peed. <laughs> That's the fame trip, so I don't know if you want that. So <laughs> Dr. King said not everybody can be famous. But everybody can be great because greatness is determined by service.
Yet those of you who are history scholars may know the rest of that passage. He said, you don't have to have a college degree to serve. You don't have to make your subject and verb agree to serve. You don't have to know about Plato or Aristotle to serve. You don't have to know Einstein's theory of relativity to serve. You don't have to know the second theory of thermodynamics and physics to serve. You only need a heart full of grace and a soul generated by love. In a few moments, you'll all be officially Stanford grads. Oh, wait. You have the heart and the smarts to go with it. And it's up to you to decide, really. Where will you now use those gifts? You've got the diploma, so go out and get the lessons, because I know great things are sure to come. You know, I've always believed that everything is better than when you share it, so before I go, I wanted to share a graduation gift with you. Underneath your seats, you'll find two of my favorite books, Eckhart Tolle's A New Earth, which is my current book club selection. Our New Earth webcast has been downloaded 30 million times with that book. And Daniel Peake's A Whole New Mind, Why Right Brainers Will Rule the Future, has reassured me I'm moving in the right direction. I really wanted to give you cards, <laughs> but I just couldn't pull that off. Congratulations, Owe. Oh, eh? Owe. Oh, eh?